Are you looking for a way to dig into your world building for your story? Maybe you're stuck. Maybe you don't know where to begin. Maybe you have so many ideas you don't know how to organize them. Well, if you would like to bring your story world alive for your readers, then I recommend that you check out my world building workbook for fiction writers, now available. It's at howtowritethefuture.com. Just head on over there, click sign up. Put your name and email, and there you go. That workbook will be delivered to your inbox straight away. Hey, everyone. Welcome to How to Write the Future podcast. I am your host, Beth Barani. I am a creativity coach, a novelist, and podcaster, and a writing teacher. This is a podcast for science fiction and fantasy writers and anyone who cares about the future. Here we focus on how do you create stories that focus on positive, optimistic stories, because when we vision what is possible, we help make it so. One of the things that has been influencing my storytelling, and definitely for this upcoming science fiction mystery book five in my Janie McAllister series, is Space Junk, also known as Orbital Debris. It really bothers me that we have so much of it in Earth's orbit. And it is a problem that most people aren't aware of and doesn't impact yet most people. But here's the alarming fact. If we do not clean up our space debris, space junk that's in Earth's orbit, we will actually ground ourselves as a species. We will never become a space-faring species. And the problem is only going to get worse and has gotten exponentially worse, especially in the last 10 years or so. I have been doing research and there's much more to go. One of my resources is this book by the OECD, Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. This book is called Earth's Orbits at Risk, The Economics of Space Sustainability. Now, ever since I was a kid, definitely since I was a teenager, I have been very interested in green technology and did research and would read the whole Earth catalog if you remember that, those of you who are around my generation and older. And what I learned about space junk was frankly shocked that we would be taking our stupid human behavior of junking up in the environment and be junking up Earth's orbit. So I bought this book last year and I'm just now starting to dive into it. I'm going to read to you the blurb on the back of this book. Earth's orbit's at risk, the economics of space sustainability. Society's dependence on space infrastructure is at a critical juncture. Public and private actors worldwide are planning to launch tens of thousands of satellites into Earth's orbit in the next five years. This will greatly expand and enrich the use of space resources, but it will also result in more crowded orbits and greater risk of damage from satellite collision and space debris. As satellite launches continue to multiply and concerns grow, the long-term sustainability of space-based infrastructure on orbit and beyond is set to emerge as an increasingly important space policy issue of the 21st century. This publication takes stock of the growing socioeconomic dependence of our modern societies on space assets and the general threats to space-based infrastructure from debris in particular. Notably, it provides fresh insights into the value of space-based infrastructure and the potential costs generated by space debris, drawing on new academic research developed especially for the OECD project on the economics of space sustainability. 
Now, if we want to go to the moon and beyond, we have to protect what's called the spaceways. And I'm happy to report, I know that the European Space Agency is actively working on what's called ADR, active debris removal. And there's some really interesting experiments that have been happening and that may happen in the future. Things like harpooning junk, things like attaching engines to dead rocket bodies that are there orbiting and moving them out into parking orbit, which is beyond high Earth orbit, or for things in low Earth orbit, if you attach an engine to it and you get it to accelerate into Earth's atmosphere and then burn. So those are just a few of the things that people are currently working on. And I am very curious about them because they inspire me to come up with solutions that I am writing into the current novel. Again, that's book five of the Janie McAllister mystery series, books one through four already published and out now everywhere books are sold. So now how can this relate to whatever project you're working on? I was asking my husband, Ezra Barani, also a novelist for a prompt, and he got me thinking about how much I care about space junk and to share it with you and to encourage you to now connect. What are you deeply inspired about? Are you doing the research on it? Have you figured out who the players are in the current world who are talking about those things, discussing them, studying them, putting out reports on them? I have a background in working in libraries at UC Berkeley was a student and then after I finished school there. So I know a lot about researching things. And if you are at the beginning of your research or you're stymied a little bit on your research, I encourage you to think about a few key things. One, who are the people already talking about the topic that you want to research? Where are the experts gathering, like location-wise or company-wise or country-wise? Make a list of all the keywords that are related to your topic. For example, when I first started researching space junk, for some reason, I knew of the term space junk. And then through my research, I discovered there's more terms. There's orbital debris. One time I was talking to someone in the space industry about space junk and they're like, oh, do you mean orbital debris? Right. So different people in different fields will use different terminology. So see if you can come up with all the synonyms for the topic and then think about all the kinds of agencies organizations. So there's people, there's keywords, and then there's organizations that are involved directly or tangentially in your interest. So for example, with Space Junk, not only do all the official government space agencies care about it, NASA, ESA, which is European Space Agency, JAXA, which is the Japanese space agency, the Russians, the Roscosmos, Australia has a burgeoning space industry now. The UAE, Luxembourg is very deeply involved in the upcoming space infrastructure, Britain. And of course, there's China. So I, I make a point to say, what are each of these agencies doing actively right now about space junk? And you can go online and go to each of their websites and find out. And I've done that. So for example, NASA has a report they put out quarterly about orbital debris. ESA is actively working on missions to test different things. And then there's private companies. So there's the public companies, the governmental organizations, and then there's private companies very active in the space industry right now. And some of them are working on ADR, active debris remediation or removal. And then I've also been tracking who is tracking space junk. So I found out there's a private company doing it. NASA has been doing it. And then people know I'm very interested in space junk. So they send me articles. So then, of course, there's the media. What is the media saying about your topic? 
So we talked about people, organizations, keywords. And when you think of organizations, I've broken it into governmental organizations and private industry. And then there's media. What is the media reporting on your topic? If you're using contemporary topic like I am to inform a story that I'm writing, which is set in my case, a little over a hundred years in the future. So those are some of the main ways to research. Now, where specifically do you do your research? Of course, the search engines, that's very obvious. Then there's YouTube which has been a great source of information for me. I've found all kinds of interesting articles from all kinds of perspectives, from the science explainers, journalists, to graduate students talking about space debris. In fact, I recently found a podcaster who does space engineering focus. And he was interviewing a professor who's worked at NASA and also was his professor, I believe, talking specifically about space debris, which is so exciting to hear about people who are directly inside the industry and have been for quite some time working in that industry. When you think of people, think of the people could be journalists, but really the best people to learn from are people who've probably been interviewed in the media who are experts in the field that you want to study. And I have found several of those. What else did I want to say on this topic? Oh, where to research. Please, please, please do not ignore your local library. So if you're in the United States and Canada and England and Australia and New Zealand, you have local libraries. I know France has local libraries. Then there's going to be national libraries. And remember, also universities have incredible libraries and librarians. So libraries, what a great resource. Libraries and librarians. And then because you love your topic so much, you'll probably be telling your friends and welcome, you know, if they say, oh, I saw something about your fun topic. Can I send it to you? And you're like, of course, send me stuff. And then podcasts, do some searching in the podcast directories, see if you can find who is talking about your topic. Maybe it's a bit obscure. Maybe they haven't come up yet in your research, or it's also a great way to gather who are the people involved in your topic. And I've discovered some wonderful people who aren't, they're not like the top person in their field, but they're deeply interested also in the same topic I am and maybe coming at it from a little bit of a different angle, but they'll still address it and talk about it. Another resource is textbooks. I found an old textbook on uh, space engineering. The edition I have is, I think, written in the early 2000s, over 20 years old. And I'm reading it and it's it's written for the student or for graduate students and people in the industry, but it's fascinating and it's helping me understand what were the concerns then. And it's giving me great language and vocabulary and fun, fun phrasing that I can use in my science fiction story. So I've covered a lot of places where you could go and get resources. And yeah, I think that's it. If you have any questions on how to research your topic, let me know. Because I was a professional researcher for a time and worked in libraries, I find that I have really good processes for finding out things. I'm happy to share. If you have any questions you would like me to feature on an upcoming episode of How to Write the Future, please write me. Let me know. I'm on all the socials. I have a contact form on my website, howtowritethefuture.com. Your question can be featured on an upcoming episode. And that's it for this week. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. All right, everyone, have a great week and happy writing. I look forward to connecting with you next time in our next How to Write the Future episode. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to my podcast. Your interest and feedback is so inspiring to me and helps me know that I'm helping you in some small way. So write long and prosper. Are you stuck and overwhelmed by world building? then check out my new 
world-building workbook for fiction writers. It will help you brainstorm your way through all the challenges. It will help you bring specifics and clarity so that your book will come alive and your reader will feel immersed in your story world. When your reader is immersed, they don't want to leave your story world and they will read on into the night and wait for the next book and bug you for the next book. If you would like to bring your story world alive for your readers, then head over to howtowritethefuture.com and sign up for yours today.